All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. This episode is brought to you by ShippingEasy.com. They're an online shipping solution that lets you print shipping labels, uh, automate your orders, and send your customers their tracking info. So this is the company, uh, actually you use, Travis, for shipping your orders. Uh, they're giving us a free trial, 90 days, for Build My Online Store listeners. If you go to ShippingEasy.com slash build, that's ShippingEasy.com slash build. So uh, today's episode, uh, kind of a birthday episode, right? Uh, both of us just had our birthdays. Yours was on Wednesday. Mine was on Saturday, so I guess we're both Scorpios too, right? But whatever, that's for another episode. So today we're going to kind of just talk about a little lifestyle mindset episode since, you know, we both kind of took some time off and didn't really catch up until now. So Travis, what have you been up to? So one of the big things I've done in this last week that I'm, I'm really excited about was, I think I might have talked about this before on the podcast, but Google Scripts. And so really quick, if you're not using Google Docs, you're insane. Like I've realized uh, in this last week that Google Docs if it was a pay by service, it would probably be $100, $200. So one of the things that I've been doing, for instance, with the Google Sheets, I think they call them, um, you can actually write code. And most people listening probably don't know how to write code, but I luckily do. So you might be able to hire someone to do it. But anyways, I was able to write code that completely systematized a bunch of different things that my VA was doing uh, manually and some of our employees were doing manually. And the problem is, you know, even if it's a, a an employee doing it, and I'm, it's not so much about the money that I'm saving, it's just it's going to be more efficient in the sense that there's less likely to be errors and stuff like that. So I'm really excited about that. So what do you mean automate certain stuff with script? Do you have like an example or? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I did was I was able to crack the API um, with through Volusion, which means that basically uh, Volusion obviously hosts my shopping cart. And um, on our site, like let's say we have orders. So every time we get an order, it's in the Volusion system. And through Google Scripts, I was able to tap into that and say, all right, every time we get an order, add it to the spreadsheet. Um, and then every time it's added to the spreadsheet, you know, add them to our MailChimp. And then every time they're added to the spreadsheet, if they selected faster shipping, send them an email about the faster shipping options. Uh, if the order hasn't sent out and it's been over a week, send them an email about that you know we're working hard on their order and if they have any questions please email us um it's all those little things that before would have to be done manually now it's all automatic gotcha so your volusion doesn't tie to mailchimp i thought mailchimp kind of had the integration and everything or is it just not with your cart it it does shopify it does and a couple other ones it does um I'd have it's like a hundred dollar a month service to tie with Mailchimp. Gotcha. So, so how are you using are you using like Zapier to tie those together, or how what does it look like on the back end? I'm just yeah. kind of curious. Yeah. So, well, so that's another thing. So, from Google Sheets, you can use Zapier um, to send it, let's say, to Mailchimp or send to send emails out, basically. So, tie Zapier helps tie Google Sheets or any app with another app, not any app, but a lot of apps with another one. Though that being said. I think you can actually, if you know how to code or would hire someone to do it, they can do it themselves. Zapier kind of saves a step. Uh, basically, what Zapier does is take the API from one app or website and connect it with the API of another app or website, basically making those talk through the Google Docs. If you know how to do the coding or you know, you're willing to spend the time, you can do it itself. So hopefully this makes sense, but Zapier is a good thing. So, so you're saying... So let me. So if an order comes in a Volusion, it gets added to Google Sheets, and then Zapier detects that in Google Sheets, and then we'll just fire off something else in a different program, whatever it's email, Mailchimp, or adding it to like some ticket, essentially. That's how I currently have it. Though I might um, skip the step of Zapier just because Zapier is another twenty bucks a month, and just spend like an hour or two trying to write the the program to do the, the or do the code 
that Zapier is already doing. But right now, the way I have it set up is Zapier kind of connects the missing pieces. Yeah, there are some cool integrations I saw. I think Dan Norris from WP Code talking about where like he has certain SOPs to kind of update his social media stuff. Like say after you know a blog post, I think he uses Trello like to kind of trigger a workflow. So it'll be like, hey, once you know this shows up on your Google Calendar, that's a recurring thing. You know, fire off this card in Trello that sends it to your VAs to kind of follow this workflow is kind of pretty cool like there's all this stuff you can do with zapier but you can really get easily lost in all the integrations of like you're trying to make creative stuff when it's actually probably not that useful right yeah i mean the, the big thing i wanted to tell people is if you're doing stuff repetitively um with google docs in any way or excel in any way you can probably get someone to write a code for you and it'll save you hours if that's uh like for instance drop shippers probably could save a ton of time using this technology. All right, so for me, I've been joining this thing called Hashtag 0445 Club. So I think I talked about this a while back. So uh, Tim Ferriss had an interview with this guy, Jocko Willenick, who was like a Navy SEAL for 20 years. And he was saying he wakes up every day at uh, 4.30. And basically, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, every day he'll post a screenshot of his watch as soon as he wakes up. And basically, it's like 4 or 5. 4.30, like 4.30, around basically before 5 a.m., right? And the idea was that when he was a Navy SEAL, he realized that the best SEALs would wake up early in the morning. They would, like, clean their guns, study strategy, and that would allow them to get ahead over many years. And he was saying, um, when you set your alarm at 4.30, it's actually a test because it's a test of whether uh, you pass or fail, right? Do you wake up and start, work and you know, be decisive and be like, you know what, screw this, it's still dark, but I'm gonna wake up and start working anyways, or do whatever, or do you just kind of be lazy and you know succumb to the, quote, weakness and go back to sleep too? And he was saying, if you pass this test, uh, you know, throughout the day, throughout the years, you become much more decisive and uh, kind of you get more disciplined with a lot of things too. What time are you going to bed? Uh, probably 9.30 to 10, definitely before 11. So that's not a lot of sleep though. Let, let's say you go to bed at 10 o'clock, that's like six and a half hours. Yeah, so usually I'll sleep at nine to get like seven-ish. And then uh, sometimes I'll take a nap like at one to two just to kind of keep it going. But uh, yeah, but I'm usually done with my work before 12 now. And I feel like, uh, so what I do is I wake up like at 4.30, 4.40. I do like 20 minutes of like planks or stretching like that. And then usually that gets my breathing up and, you know, some push-ups. And then I just start writing, going through my emails and, you know, doing this stuff. And it's really cool because no one's awake at that time and there's no distractions and you just kind of blow through stuff a lot faster, I realize too. So like by like 9 p.m. I already done like you know three hours of work and kind of kind of go breakfast chill out for a bit and then come back uh, and do some other stuff so yeah we'll see how that goes yeah and then i guess second for me thing uh i guess etsy is kind of picking up for me so i listed my stuff on etsy like in july i didn't really make any sales but in the past two weeks ago or so i've been getting like one every two days and i've been reading all this stuff i guess favorites is kind of a cool thing because people can like favorite a product where there's a heart and after a while it kind of shows into some social proof that hey people like this item but it doesn't mean they bought it and i think the cool thing is that you can actually email an update on your store and people that favorited your old products you could, they get this alert uh, or something too i'm not really sure how this works but i gotta look into it but it's interesting how uh, kind of this etsy works i guess too and i know there's a lot of people making money on etsy but i just never really knew anyone and maybe it's like a super underdog thing that no one really knows about at least it's not as popular as amazon fba right now right yeah, it might be a good thing to expose, like figure out, I, I guess, though. Yeah, because it used to be things that you had to make by yourself, but now I think you can like list stuff that's handmade but by a factory, too. They've eased up the rules a little bit, so there's a good and bad because um, you know, I guess you could probably list, list your stuff there, too. I think you have to be under five people, though. I thought that was the deal. But how are they going to find out? 
Yeah, that's true. I don't want, I, I don't know. I, I've Someone said that to me before. I don't want to deal with it, to be honest with you, just because a lot of reasons. And you guys already have enough to deal with too. Yeah. Like I, I've told you before, I'm thinking about getting rid of Amazon just because it's a, it's a pain in our butt. Like we have, if someone orders from our website, we have a complete system really well oiled down. Amazon just kind of throws a wrench in it. All right, so let's get into this week's episode. We kind of had some longer updates since it's been a while. Uh, and so I guess we'll start with you first, right? You have a last day alive concept. So when did you start doing this and what is this about? Yes. So quickly, if you haven't already watched the Steve Jobs commencement speech at Stanford, go do that. Like do yourself a favor, watch that speech. I think it's extremely interesting, inspiring. Like it's one of the the best, uh, you know, more than 10 minute long YouTube clips I've ever watched. I think it's about 17 minutes or right around there. But anyways, in it, he says one of the things that made him different from other people is he'd wake up every morning, look himself in the mirror and say, if today was the last day of my life, would I do what I'm about to do right now? And then he went on to say that anytime it's, there's been too many days where the answer was no, he would change something in his life. So that kind of inspired me. So obviously he He's not saying live every day like it's your last, but if it's been a year since the last time you've had a day where if that was the last day of your life, you'd be okay with it, uh, you know, maybe there's something you should switch up. So what I want to do that, I want to kind of quote unquote treat myself to uh, my ideal day. And it doesn't have to be something crazy like, oh, I'm going to go spend a bunch of money or I'm going to go get wasted. It, it can be if that's really what you want to do. Sure. But the idea is to like give yourself one day where it's like, this is what I've really wanted to do. Like, I don't know why I haven't done it. So I'll just give you two quick examples. One I did, uh, I was in Rio during Carnival and you know, I was working, I was working during a lot of this time. And finally, one of the days I, you know, I called up one of my friends, I'm like, let's go out, let's go celebrate Carnival just have a really good time and by letting go I just enjoyed it so much more and then the second one was complete polar opposite for my birthday three four days ago I had one of these and basically I'm like all right if today was the last day of my life what would I want to do so I had an amazing breakfast we made you know pancakes uh, eggs bacon just the best stuff and then went to the park um, there's actually like a lake with a bunch of trees just kind of hung out and just really enjoyed it and even though I knew it was completely fake that it was quote unquote my last day alive it made me really uh, appreciate all the beauty around me and kind of make me stop and smell the proverbial roses so that's the basic concept yeah I did something like that yesterday too I was just kind of like I went swimming and then I got some food you know I got a lot of foods I usually like to pick out on and I watched like a movie got some ice cream went to eat with friends and, like, and that was it and I was like oh you know, I didn't really check my emails or do anything, but I just took it easy and pretty much uh, it was a nice day. You know, no stress, no, you know, got to do this, got to do that, got to get ready for this. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I was, you know, wear my black Nike shorts and a, you know, onesie and look like crap. But hey, whatever. Like, I don't really care. Yeah. And another thing, you know, I realized that pretty much most people, almost everyone will never, they'll die without ever having a day where it's like their last day, like that they would do what they would do on their last day alive. So, I mean, think about that. Like, I mean, I, I'm willing to bet um, most people I know, they'll, on their last day alive, when they're hopefully old in their 70s or whatever, you know, more than 70s, hundreds, let's say, they'll look back and all the days they'd probably rank is like an eight or a nine. That'd probably be on the top of the range. But most people I know don't have too many tens where they're like, you know, maybe it happens accidentally, but it's not too often that most people I know plan for a day where they're like, screw it. I want to just go all out and have a great time. So I think that there's a lot of value in doing that every once in a while. And it's helped me a few different times kind of get out of a funk. 
Like, you know, I feel like, oh, I've been working, I've been working. And then I do that and it's like, oh, life is beautiful. I forgot about this. I think there's a fallacy where also you always think, oh, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it later. And then one day there is no more later too, I guess. Which kind of brings me to my point too, which is uh, write a journal and keep a journal. Because uh, one thing I started doing was ever since I went to college in the U.S., like in 2001, I started keeping a journal of like big life moments, like, you know, when you graduate, uh, when you study abroad, when you, you know, summer's here, what are you going to do? Or like whenever I have like a big life crisis, I was going to keep a journal. And it's interesting because it's like a snapshot in time of what you were at a certain state of mind, right? Like if you were really frustrated about something, you write about it. And then a year later, you know, when you had some more experience where you don't even remember that event anymore, you're like, oh, like, I was really dumb. And, like, there was one entry that has, oh, what do I want to do after graduation? I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do that. And it was, it was just, like, idealistic, you know, 20-year-old not knowing what he's doing, essentially. And I was like, wow, I was really dumb. Which is funny because then when I write it, like, now, you know, when I'm 40 or 50, I'll be like, wow, I was really dumb when I was, like, in my 30s, too. Your journal, it's daily? Or how often do you do it? It's probably, like, once, like, two or three times a year max. So so, so I've, had the, I've had the same journal since 2000 one basically oh i see okay because when i i've looked back at like stuff i've written previously and i know what you're talking about but uh, about the whole like oh yeah you know i was so dumb but i usually don't feel that way i'm like because i know exactly what i was thinking made as much sense as possible for the knowledge i had at that point and i'll even elaborate on that because it seems like on a lot of issues, for instance, I kind of fluctuate. Like I think of things more rigidly and I, then I think of things in a little bit more abstract way. And then I go back to rigid. And, you know, like I, I know that, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it properly, but it's just my opinions change. But I don't, when I've looked back at stuff I've written previously, I tend not to be like, oh, wow, I was so dumb. I was like, no, that made total sense. You know what I mean? I see. Yeah. But I think it shows that how you, you're growing as a person over the years. It's kind of the point. Like it's a, not really like a proof, but a kind of photographic kind of memory of how you're changing and maturing uh, as you get older, too. So, like I say, it's all about the journey, right? And this is just like a chronicle of it, I guess. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll publish this. Probably not because some of it's too personal to publish, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Alrighty. So, I guess this kind of brings us to our next question. Uh, why do we do what we do? So, uh, what about you, man? So, I, for me, this is really all about a better future, a better tomorrow. I mean... I can go really long term why I'm doing what I'm doing. I mean, I think when I think about my ideal future life, it is uh, wife, kids, etc. And that being said, I'm I'm nowhere close to that right now, uh, mindset wise. But eventually, I'd like to have kids, and I'd like to be able to spend time with them and have almost like work be a a fun hobby of mine. Like, because I think that as a parent, especially as a father, you need to have time away from your kids because you can't always be like, hey, what are we doing today? They're like, well, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. You need to have your own job. So my goal would be to have enough security that I can work as a hobby, as like a leisurely activity. Uh, my more short-term-ish goals is to make two to $300 a day passive income. And I'm close. Um, I think at the end of this month, I mean, it depends on how you measure it, but at the end of this month, I should be hitting right around that range. In fact, the end of last month, technically I did. That being said, we still have some loans from the summer that you know we have to pay off, but it's kind of good to finally see this goal I've had for so long within grasp, you know, really close. So that's more, my all my goals are more lifestyle orientated in the sense of I want to be able to work for fun but not like i need to do it to survive 
Yeah, I understand your point on the family thing because, like, when I look back, like when I was growing up, like my dad was like the first generation to get like a, a college degree or like engineering degree, and then we were in the U.S. What happened was like he would always work from like I don't know, probably like eight in the morning to like eight at night if not later, and and I understand that because it's like you know he was only one that was like the life script in the eighties and the nineties and even like you know maybe into the last ten years, right? and it's like now it's like well you know if I ever have uh, kids someday you know do I want to be away for twelve hours and like you know have them grow up alone like no I want to have that freedom to kind of bounce in and out instead of being you know only have like two hours a day or on the weekends to have that kind of lifestyle restricted to so I think kind of like a bigger picture that's kind of something to look forward to also and also to like you know because back then when I was working at a bank you think you know I started at like six thirty seven go home at like six and then you're tired right it's like well you don't have energy to do anything so it's like well you know my parents live in Germany now I want to be able to just go there and then you know go to like Austria with my mom or something like that and like pay for it and just kind of see the world with them because then because there was always this thing where like they didn't want me to do this and this is something in me that wants to be like hey you know, I finally made it. Now I can take you around and look, you were wrong. I was right. See, because I'm paying for your trip now, I guess. But yeah. I think it's also like, you know, because I guess they were working when I was younger. They didn't really have time to spend with them. So it's kind of like a long-term thing to kind of do that for them, I guess. Once this, you know, business stuff is big enough too, I think. You know, I don't think they realize how this business thing really works until you actually get there and just show them too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, that's still something for a long time. I think um, my dad specifically, like he was kind of like, you know, well, would you go back to the corporate world? And I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. Like, look, this is going to work. Just give it some time. And then, you know, six months later, he's like, well, I mean, I wouldn't say this to him because it was more like the attitude in general. He's like, oh, it doesn't seem like it's working out. I'm like, trust me, this is working. You know, we have the numbers coming in now. Um, it's just, it's a little bit more time. And now that it's finally working, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. You know, I'm like, ah, see, and along the same lines as you, my goal, one thing I've realized about myself is that I really do enjoy working. I like working hard and I like having a purpose, but I know sometimes I need to get away. Or for instance, there's some days where I wake up and it's just like, you know what? I can stare at a screen today. I can pretend like I'm working, but I'm not actually going to get anything done. Let me take the day off. Where if I have a, a corporate job, too bad. You got to sit there and stare at the screen. But with me, it's like, you know what? I'll work on Saturday. Like I'll take off a Wednesday. And I'm just going to, I'll work Saturday and Sunday instead. Like that's totally in my control, which I like. Yeah, it actually reminds me of DCBKK. One of my friends just got married and his wife is uh, from Indonesia and her family is like a very traditional Balinese family. But her whole family business was like kind of in the sporting goods, right? So uh, they, she was trying to explain FBA and like online stuff to her dad, but he couldn't get it until they figured out a framework where like, look, uh, my grandpa sells sporting goods. You know, back in his day, you would go to a market, you would set up a stall, and then you would sell your customers there, right? And he was like, yes, I understand. Well, for you, dad, um, you know, you started your own store. You have three or four chains around Bali. You know, you sell your own sporting goods. You don't go to the market anymore. You open your own store. And then she's like, well, for my generation, it's not about having a store anymore. It's about having something online. That's where the store is now. It's where the future is. And he was like, oh, then he got it uh, really quickly once he framed it that way too. So I think a lot of it is just like, you know, maybe like when we're old, we won't understand what our kids are going to do, like a business model, right? I wonder about that a lot. But I, I part of me thinks that because we've struggled with this so much that we're going to be like, hey, I understand that I don't understand it. You know, let me learn yeah, or whatever. Like we'll be humble enough to be taught by our kids that what the new models, whether it's like VR or whatever, I have no idea. 
what it's going to be in like 30 years. But I feel like, you know, now that we kind of opened our mind or like see the matrix from our side, like, you know, you can learn a lot quicker, I guess, uh, down the line is kind of what I'm. You know, this it might be a little off topic, but it's uh, actually a quick example of what we're talking about. So I don't, I'm, I don't know how familiar most of the listeners are, or you are, Terry. But like the big trend on YouTube right now is watching people play video games. And South Park did a whole episode about this. It's like to me, and probably to you, that's crazy. It's like, why would you want to watch someone play a game? Why not just play it yourself? And it sounded really crazy until you started thinking about football and sports in general. It's like. You know, if someone watches the Super Bowl, it's like, why would you want to watch the football? Why not go play it outside? And it's like, that's just one more iteration of that. You know, it keeps going. I guess let's do a one-year recap then. So, um, where were you last year? Do you remember? Where was I last year? Uh, that's a, I don't even know my physical load. No, wait. At this point, I was I was still in Buenos Aires. Yeah, I was in Buenos Aires. I was, you know, kind of struggling between working and having fun. I was working, but it's it's hard to work as hard in like a new city for me as it is like now I'm um, I'm home and it's just like all right I got my three screens set up there I, I did still have two screens because I, I brought a extra external monitor but it was just the whole mentality was a little bit different but as far as the business goes I still wasn't sure if our business was making any money like our accounting was completely I not existent as far as I can remember. Um, it's there. There's a lot of things that were very different, but the the one of the biggest things to me, there was no like accountability in our business. Like, not really sure if it worked or it didn't work. So now one of the things we've done is we have our accounting in place. We have um, measurements in place for how much production we have. So that's probably the biggest thing I've done in the last year. Yeah, so what do you think the biggest difference is then from this year and last year? Well, I'm I, I'm I've taken it a lot more seriously. I decided that pretty much my entire this entire year that my entire year of being 26 and I just turned 27 um, was going to be dedicated to making the business actually work because I'd been kind of like 50 50 like I, I'd been working really hard but then I'd kind of I'd stop and then I'd you know go on a vacation type thing and I'd work hard and then I'd kind of stop and it wasn't that I wasn't taking it seriously but this last year I've push through a lot more hard hard times than I did in the past. I mean, there's been this entire summer, I wanted to quit constantly. I'm like, man, this just isn't working. It's not working. Uh, and now that it is working, it feels good. Yeah. So it makes you more prepared for next summer or? Well, it, it makes me realize that, it makes me realize a lot of things. One of the things is that you got to kind of push through those hard times. Um, also makes me realize that a lot of things actually that Pretty much anything you stick with for a decent amount of time, you can make work as long as it, you know, obviously there's things that will never work, whatever. But how do I explain it? It's basically continuing to do something helps for a long period of time. It puts you in that mindset of working and it helps you figure out what the problems are, get over the problems and really just kind of get in a flow, get in like a, a, a you know, a flow pattern of getting your business done. So I think that's one of the big things I've learned. I mean, the, on a personal level, I've learned that I need more friends in my life, more social. I'm definitely realized I'm extroverted and that I haven't really been giving that enough attention. You know, I work all day by myself. So my goal, one of my goals for next year is to spend more time with friends and try to like get into some kind of routines of like Every Monday, I go out to lunch with this person or whatever it is, but uh, I definitely need more socialization. It's interesting going back to the point of pushing through stuff. There's always like, 
you know, when do you quit too soon or when are you too stubborn to not quit too? And I don't really have a good answer for that. I guess like a lot of it is like, well, are you making progress as you're pushing through? And sometimes you can't tell. Well, the hard thing for me is when it's pushing through uh, and it's a time related thing. For instance, over summer, I knew that things weren't going to get good until September or October. And it's like, there's nothing I can do. Like no matter how hard I work, Unless, you know, I somehow discovered some magic way to get a ton of sales in those off times. But I knew for the, the most part I was laying down groundwork. So every day that would pass, it's like, all right, I'm one day closer. I think, I hope, I hope come September that it's all going to work out. So that was the part that really, it was hard to tell, like, how much progress am I actually making, you know? Yeah, you ever read The Dip? There's a part where he talks about when you're in the dip to see if it's worth the dip taking. It's like you look at the result you're going for and then is that worth it even if you push through the dip and usually that's like a good signpost to be like all right should i push through or should i just quit yeah. i guess but sometimes it's like that signpost is hard to see though like the end place you want to be too especially for like kind of when you're building your own brand it's like well you know i kind of have an idea what it is but it's like you know how do you take something like this and define it a year later i just it's really hard to figure out too for me there was a lot of big uh, motivators but one of the biggest ones is i realized my business was already working. You know, we were already making, you know, whatever uh, 20, 30, $40,000 a month revenue. So to get it to profitability isn't going to be that hard. To start another business from scratch and even, you know, make $1,000 a month revenue is going to be a ton of work. So it's like, all right, let's figure this out. Uh, it's not always, it wasn't always what I wanted to do. Sometimes I wanted to say, screw it, I'm going to start from scratch. Because a lot of the issues I had, we're going to continue to have with the business, like production issues and stuff like that, that I was trying to solve and I was just racking my brain to figure out and I just couldn't solve. So part of me wanted to start a whole new business, but then the other part of me realized that, no, let's get this one fixed and then I can do it. Yeah, because if you're walking away from somebody that's already doing like 20K plus in sales a month, like, you know, there's already like, it's like a car that's on the highway going 60 miles an hour, like to turn that car versus someone who's going like five hours in a parking lot. It's a lot easier to do that, right? So... Yeah, exactly. So I, that's why, I mean, I stuck with it. I knew, that was the other thing. I think you, it, it's a hard thing, but I think you know, like deep down, like what the right thing is to do. Yeah. So I guess, do you have a number where you're willing to walk away from this or like what kind of benchmarks do you have in place? Sure. You want to yeah. Get? I mean, my, my goal is still the two to $300 a day. And then um, I'd like to start another business. I'd like to, we've, we've alluded to it before. I'm not going to give away the secret yet, but it, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a health nutrient nutrition type thing but um i'm looking hopefully to start hitting the research and development in january and then you know maybe put it on kickstarter and go from there my goal would be to get it on kickstarter by uh, before summertime that way like people are like oh let's get in shape for summer or something so i guess you want to work kind of like systematize yourself out of yeah. So I want I want to systematize myself out of the business and stay on almost as like a consultant. Where so let's say I were to systematize myself out of the business, which I'm pretty close to doing, then I just kind of come in and do extremely impactful things. Like for instance, I, I have an idea of like, oh, we should do this kind of a marketing. Or I come in and say, All right, let me do the review of all our AdWords and all our paid ads and just the things because I find the less I work, the more per hour like value I can give to the business. That being said, I think to reach escape velocity, you need to you need to put in 100%. Like the 80/20 works great once it's already moving, but when you're first starting out, 100% is the only thing that's going to get 
a business to that escape velocity, basically. Yeah, to build that initial momentum where it starts moving on its own, essentially. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, I guess. All right, so I guess my turn. We've kind of been on you for like the past few minutes. So I guess for me, what was it last? Year? Oh, I was I was working on my Kickstarter last year. You remember that? Jesus, that was so long I, ago. I, I see. I think I felt like you quit that too early, to be honest with you. Yeah. So I realized. Like, so that that whole thing, I thought about it for a long time, and I realized that as one person, uh, if you're doing product design and you're doing marketing, it's really hard as one person. You really should have someone else do either the product or the marketing. Well, the other way is you just spend two years on this whole thing. You know, like you design it for six months, market it for a year and a half, and then you do the kickstart. But it's like, well, you know, I don't have the time or the money to do this for two years and. You know, I think at that point I was just a little like too, I guess, naive about the whole thing. I guess. Well, what's like, right, it? What surprised me, and I'm I'm curious. I don't think I've ever asked you about this. Is I felt like three or four days into it, uh, or maybe five days or whatever, you're kind of like, oh, it's not going to make the, the 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 goal, and it was done. Like I feel like I would have been like emailing blogs and like trying to you know call people and do everything I can, like keep up until that last day. I felt like you kind of stopped after. Like five days after your Kickstarter started. Yeah, because I was started. I was hoping that I could get to like twenty percent and then go to see other people, but it was it was lagging at like ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen hours. Like, oh, this is not gonna get anywhere. Because usually like the first like two first few days is where it's all at, and if it like peters out, like you know you get so it's like a M shape kind of curve, right? Like usually it's like the first week and the last week, and but by the first three days I was like, wow, like nothing's totally moving and. Probably I know, but like, I felt like you put so much work and time into it. Like, why not? What was the reason for not like just continuing until the last day and like giving it your all for yeah, those what, 30 Well, I sent it to some no blogs, but there were just no responses. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, there's just no responses. And my launch is only like at 10%. Like, no one's going to care about this, I think. Too. So, so I guess the, the mistake was that A, not building the email list pre launch big enough. And I think I over relied on the thunderclap to. Kind of yeah, people. I don't think the thunderclap made that big of a difference. No, it didn't make that. It didn't make a big. It's it's a cool thing to have, but it can't be the main thing, too. So I guess so I guess so I guess if I were to do it again, I would just do Instagram for like a year, build my list through that, and then like launch it off. That's probably what I would do again. Would uh, do for it. instance, with the thunderclap thing though, like no one, I you know I posted it on my Facebook and no one liked it, no one commented on it. Yeah, because like, I realized that, that thing is that it's not targeted. Right, like you'd rather have a hundred people that's really targeted in an email than ten thousand people seeing it on social networks. Cause it doesn't really like, yeah. So like your your mom's gonna see it, but why does she care about that, right? Or your dad, or like your aunt, or your classmate, you know. So kind of a, I, I guess it's a marketing error. Maybe the product was because some guy messaged me, like, hey, how can I buy this? I'm like, well, I don't make it anymore. I'm like, well, too bad, because uh, you know you found it too late. But he kept asking. I was like, well, you know, it was like a marketing error. I guess too on my side, but you know, whatever. Um, maybe we'll revisit this down the line. So we'll see. And then uh, what else? After so after that, I think uh, this finished in when did I do this. I think I launched in like March or something like that. And then I just kind of like sat around for like two months because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I uh, kind of started. What did I do in the summer? I didn't. I guess, wow, I guess my memory is really fading now that I'm getting old. Yeah. So then like, I guess like two three months ago, I started doing client work and kind of fixing email marketing for people. And w one thing I realized is that uh, when I first got into products, I didn't really have like a design background or like industrial design. I kind of just wandered into this and realized that especially for like these things, whether it's like supplements or, you know, like making clothes, like the notion of internet marketers that you can just kind of, you know, do this as a beginner and become an expert is just such 
bullshit because like when it comes to like you know AutoCAD designing stuff like this like you know you had to learn how leather works how stitching works how machines work you know fulfillment all this stuff like you know as a newbie you, you it's there's like a learning curve you know where, when you're comparing yourself to people that have been in the business for like 10 15 years right? there's just like a, such a huge gap that you know maybe you can figure it out but to think you can do it in like two months it's kind of i think you're lying to yourself a lot of times too so i guess for me uh going back to client work where kind of what i've been doing kind of at like a bank in some ways but also in fundraising it's just like kind of like you know dealing with people managing expectations doing work for them things like that it kind of made me feel more at home in the past few months and uh it's kind of good because it's working out with a few listeners too so shout out to malco and carol uh and uh you know a bunch of other people that i've been talking to in the past uh, two weeks or so so i i guess where do you want to be in a year i mean we talked a little bit about me but we didn't talk too much about you yeah where do you want to be in a year uh did you go over your year yet i forgot I mean, I can talk a little bit more about it. I mean, so the big thing is I do, I do want to be a little bit, I'm pretty healthy already. I want to be healthier in the sense of more exercise specifically. Actually, so here's something. I specifically want to start doing more exercise uh, like in, in the form of sports. Like I, my ideal situation is my, I don't know how, what I'm going to do necessarily is like play basketball once a week or play tennis with a buddy once a week. So that way I can kind of get my social fix and my exercise fix in one. But um, I've been having a hard time exercising by myself recently just because like I have some issues with my back and stuff like that. And it's not jogging. Uh, it can be kind of painful for me. But for whatever reason, if I play basketball or play uh, racquetball or tennis or something like that, it doesn't bother me, which sounds weird. And so it must be some kind of psychological thing, whatever. But that's one thing. I also want to spend more time with friends in general and um, try to have more work-life balance. I feel like in the past few years, I've either been completely about having fun or completely about working. Actually, no. I, I've been in this weird stage of trying to work but not being successful and like trying to have fun and not really being able to do that either or just completely working i'd like to be able to get to a point where you know i work let's say six hours a day or something like that go out with friends have a good time and just have more of a balance yeah i feel like if you go to the gym it's so boring like how many times do you want to do like monday bench press tuesday legs wednesdays like I just can't, I just don't know how people do this routine. Like it's so boring. I don't want to shoot myself. I I used to love it. Like so, uh, now it's hard for me because like if I do a lot of let's say bench press or something, my back hurts or my my whatever shoulder hurts and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm getting old. I'm a mess now. But um, for whatever reason now it's like I need something a little bit more active. And the other part of it, what what makes it a little bit more boring is in the past I was constantly around other people talking having a good time so the gym was kind of an escape for me where now it's like i'm by myself all day then i go to the gym put my headphones in and work out and then i come home and i'm like you know i watch tv and it's like that's not my ideal situation i'd rather be able to interact with other people yeah because going to the gym there's no social element like basketball or like jujitsu where like you're talking to other people you're just putting your headphones on, avoiding the Justin Bieber that's playing and like doing your thing, ignore everyone, look tough, go to take a shower and then you go home essentially. Right. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Uh, so for me, I guess uh, I want to start swimming more. So I start swimming every weekend now on Friday mornings, um, getting a little bit better. And I think it's a better exercise than like running in Ho Chi Minh here because the air's not as good and there's pollution. You've been here too. So kind of like you exercise some more. Um, so my lease is up in this house end of December. And I can move to a place, uh, you know, with a pool starting at, you know, 400 bucks a month. So I'm definitely going to look into that 
uh, in like the next few weeks too because I think this house you know I've been here like two years almost now and uh, kind of need a change too and all that stuff so uh, I guess for me kind of business wise um, you know I want to keep doing client work hopefully we'll have five clients or more kind of on a retainer basis doing email content and maybe some you know PPC whatever but uh, kind of we'll see this take this one step at a time I guess too and hopefully I'll have an apprentice by then too kind of want to have that someone down the line because I don't want to be doing all the work and I think also it's that uh, you know I think to manage kind of a team to really grow this thing you can't really do it as one person otherwise you're always like a freelancer forever you're like a one-man hitman type of shit which I don't really want to be yeah I mean so how are you gonna find the apprentice then uh, it'll be a job posting just you know to DC crowd and then uh, you know we'll see how that goes but uh, you know but I think before I hire that apprentice it's got it's got to be like you know I gotta hit have like four clients first really know what I'm doing with them kind of more like a project manager than an apprentice so uh, you know we'll see how this goes because right now it's like we're working on email marketing stuff but in terms of like you know how replicable it is for someone else to join on I'm not really sure yet but once I figure that out I think that will be the point to bring someone on essentially like once the process is systematized and you know you can you know you can deliver minimum result X with Y time on Z budget then it's like a good time to bring someone on I think so you know knock on one we'll see how that goes and uh, yeah, so I guess uh, that's it, right? Because we talked about your business stuff. You want to systemize yourself out. So we kind of gone through our topic list here. And uh, I guess, yeah, that's it uh, for this episode. Kind of a one-year recap, little sentimental lifestyle slash inspirational, if any. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, but yeah, so we'll see you guys in two weeks. Uh, next week we'll have a blog post. And uh, once again, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you guys soon. Thanks. See you guys.